This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, so the Maisa, we're less than two weeks away from Kabbalah Torah. But it wasn't only Kabbalah Torah that happened on, on Shruis. It's brought down in, uh, in many Svarim that what really happened is that on, we spoke about this on Pesach, that on Pesach night, when it says the word Bichipazoin, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us out in a rush, in a moment. So they asked the Kasha, what, what do you mean HaKadosh took us out in a moment? HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have told us 30 days in advance that he was going to take us out. What happened, Kachatzois, right, that, that moment, what happened, that, that it's called a Bichipazoin, a moment, a rush? What was a rush? So the Mepharshim say that, and I spoke about some Pesach, that, that we didn't deserve to go out. We were on the 49th level of Tumor. Why did he take us out? We were in the lowest place. So it says that, that I read it inside from the Kabbalah that Kosh Baruch Hu fell in love with Klai Yisrael that night. And that it was a moment. Rav Shimshon Pinkus talks about this in his Shiran Pesach, that it was a moment in time that Akash Baruch Hu decided that he wanted to be engaged, actually engaged, Erison, and the Erison that Akash Baruch Hu gave Klaistro was on Pesach night. And sort of, can't really make it so par, but whatever it means, sort of, he fell in love. What, is it, why, what does it mean Hashem fell in love? Because the Lamaisha, we didn't deserve it. So we're on the 49th level of Tumma, why'd he take us out? So it was a moment where he said that this is my nation, and 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 that lech take acharabah midbar. He said a relationship that's based it wasn't based on logic because on logic we didn't deserve to go out. In fact, it brings down in the medrash that the malachim, the angels, said to Hashem when Hashem said he wants to take the Jews out of Mitzrayim and that he wants to that's his kala. He's choosing as a kala. They said hey my b'devoidzar hey my b'devoidzar. They're both on the 49th level of Tuma. And one of them is a master, one of them is a slave. The tribe were the masters, and the, Jew, and the Jews were the slaves. So if you're going to take someone out on the 49th level of Tumba, take the masters. Don't take, don't take the slave, right? And the Baruch Hu said, it's not about that. You're right. 49th level of Tumba, 49th level this is the, these are the masters, and these are the slaves. Take out the masters. Because Baruch Hu said, no, but it's Christ's that I want. I'm going to take them. It's pure love. I'm going to tell them, I'm taking you to a midbar. You're going out with matzah, with nothing. And we also were in love with HaKadosh Baruch that night. It was, a, it was a moment in time. And he brings down many, many rights to Leil Shimurim. Why is it Leil Shimurim? Because the night of a chassan, right, that he gets engaged, he's going to protect his kala. So the one night a year is not Shavuos night, it's not Leil Shimurim. Leil Shimurim is not Shavuos night. What, what, is, what is Leil Shimurim? It's the night of Pesach. So we did not deserve it. So it's very nice. I'm really repeating a share from Shem Shem Pinkus. So it's very nice because Baruch Hu, he fell in love with us. And we got engaged. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu is not mentioned in the Haggadah. Only once. It's a Minu Hashem or Moshe Avdo. But it doesn't say anything really about Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? Lamaisa, it mentions Paro many times. It mentions love on many times. But it doesn't mention Moshe Rabbeinu. If anyone is the superstar of Yetzirah Mitzrayim, of the, the Makis and Kriyas Yavsa, it should be Moshe Rabbeinu. It seems to be that the Baal HaGanda is leaving him out on purpose. Like, he has nothing to say about Moshe Rabbeinu. So Rav Shimshin said that 
once you're engaged, you drop the you, you drop the the um, the shachin. And being that Moshe Rabbeinu was the in-between between Klai Yisrael and Hashem, once you're engaged, you're not going to sit by the Seder when you're talking to, to the Chassan, the Kaal and Chassan are talking, you're not going to talk about the Shachin. Shachin did his job, he's gone. That's, he, that's what he brings down. So Moshe Rabbeinu was not even mentioned that night. He's not even mentioned that night. And we have a special mitzvah, not by Sukkot, not by Shavuot, not by Purim, and not by Hanukkah. We have a special mitzvah that you, sh- you should feel like you were there. Ki'ilu, you Metzias Mitzrayim. What's that whole bit? He says, because you're replaying this crazy moment that happened the Seder night. But Lemaissa, just like in real life, it's very nice, whatever that means, to fall in love with. I'm not going to get into that subject because many big tzaddikim and many advisors when it comes to Shiduchim say, you don't have to have feelings. I'm not going to give you my feeling on that. But that, you know, you don't have to have feelings to get married, and then you'll have feelings. I'm like, if you don't have a lot of feelings, after you get married, your feelings might even get less. So you better have a lot of feelings before you get married. But anyway, Lemaisa, marriages work. Marriages work. You know, so it's very nice, the lovey-dovey, and you met each other, and oh, yeah, yeah, and you're lo- but Lemaisa, all of a sudden, you got to pay the bills. And all of a sudden, you, you, marriage is serious business. So, oh, that's very nice. I got you together for that moment. But now you got to sit down, you know. You got to sit in front of your father-in-law and you're saying, like, how are you going to support my daughter? Like, what's your plan? Right? It's very nice. You got a gauge, yeah. You bought her a, a bracelet and, a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and not yet the ring, but a bracelet. And you got down on your knee and you said, will you marry me? Oh, it's very nice. The father-in-law was like, yeah, yeah, I, I know what that's all about. But, what, but, but Shefer, Mr. Mr. Hassan over here, like, hello? How you how you supporting my daughter? Like what's how are you gonna pay the bills? So you gotta get into real life. Where are you gonna live? How are you gonna pay the bills? You know? So the forty-nine days between the engagement and the marriage, which truth we know is the marriage, in fact, it's very it's very fascinating. You can buy a Tikkun Lail Shruis, and you will see that in the back or in the front. There is a star kesuva, an actual kesuva that Hakadosh Baruch Hu wrote to Klai Yisrael, and and you, it's, if you read it, it's fascinating. The witnesses with Shemayim of Aretz, it's mamish, it's mamish, um, very very fascinating to read this star kesuva. So this was really, um, this was really a, a, a marriage, and Hashem kafal hakigigis, he made a chuppah, he took the mountain and put it over their heads. So he made it, he made a chuppah. And he gave us a ring. He gave us a beautiful jewel. It says that Sarah Sadibros were engraved in a slab of sapphire. And that was the Kedushin that Akash Baruch gave us. So this was a real marriage. But when you're marrying the king, when you're marrying the king, you need to be a queen. You need to be a princess. You need to be royalty. A peasant can't marry a king because a peasant doesn't know the manners, doesn't know how to have to have royalty. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave his kala, Klai that was on the 49th level of Tumah, definitely peasants, definitely on the lowest level of Tumah, he gave them 49 days to learn what it means to be royal. 
And to be royal, there are seven midas, there are seven different things, seven spheros. There's chesed, there's malchus, there's netzach, teferis, there's haid, there's yisayid, right? All these different things were all different things that the kala has to acquire to be able, and malchus should be malchus. Malchus is Hashem, is the chasen. Malchus is Klai Yisrael, which is the kala. And the 49th day is malchus should be malchus, when the two of them can get married. So the question is, how does Klai Yisrael become Royalty. So we have to go through 49 different interchanges of, of the different spheros, of the different things, the different midos, in order to reach that level. What's the first basis, basic, the first basic foundation for royalty? So the first night, Pesach, right on Pesach night, we say, Chesed Chesed. The basis of a king and a queen running a country is they have to be Baal Chassadim. They have to be people who treat their, 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 their people with chesed. So you, ha- you can't start your road to Malchus without starting with chesed. But the question is, how do you go from chesed, Sheba Chesed, to Malchus, Sheba Malchus? So we know, everyone here knows that we read Rus. Right, we read Rus specifically on Shavuos, even though it's not a story. It's a story about Kabbalah Satara, but it's not really about going to Har Sinai. It's about a woman who became a Giyiris. Was she the first person who became a Giyiris? Maybe we should read Yisro. We should read Pasha's Yisro way before Rus. Yisro became a Ger. Why don't we read the story of Yisro? He was Moshe Rabbeinu's father-in-law, right? Why do we read Rus? Okay, so the words, it's a cute thing that I heard. You know, so, so Rus, not a cute thing, but Rus, we know, it spells six, it, it, it's equal 606. Right? Rash is 200, Vav is 6, and Tuf is 400, is 606. So Rus was Makabal 606 mitzvos, because there were 613 mitzvos. She already had 7, she was a guy. So she added 606 mitzvos, so her name Rus equals 606. But that can't be the reason you read Rus. Because her name equals 606. And when you add a hey from Rus, and you, because she was Makabal Shemayim, she was Makabal Hashem, so if you add the hey to Rus, you get Tyra. Same letters. So we Makabal the Tyra on Shavuos, Rus with a hey equals Tyra. So a kid in my class asked me, Rebbe, what happens if the, the grandmother, or great grandmother of David Amelech, and the wife of Boaz, her name wasn't Rus. Her name was Miriam. You wouldn't read it? In other words, do you only read Rus on Shruis because it equals 606? Or do you read it because it's the story of someone who was Makabah or Malchus and became the grandmother of Malchus? Malchus came from Rus. She was called Aim HaMalchus. So Rebbe, if her name was Miriam, we wouldn't read the story? Of course you'd read the story. Of course you'd read the story. But Lemaise happens to work out that Rus equals 606. And if you add the hay, right? If you add the hay, so it equals 611, which equals the Torah. But the 613 mitzvahs, but only 611 mitzvahs were given by Moshe Rabbeinu, because two of them were given by Kosh Baruch Hu. So it mamash all fits. All the gematrias, everything, everything fits. But really, why do we read Rus? Because Rus was Aim Hamalchus. And if we're getting married to our Kosh Baruch Hu on Shavuos, then we're Malchus. And we have to understand 
in Klai Yisrael, what was Eim HaMalchus? Who was the mother of Malchus? And Boaz, who was of HaMalchus? And we understand their Midos, then we understand what we need to bring Shuvah night to HaKadosh Baruch One of the most important things I'm going to talk about, I just got back from Eretz Yisrael, and um, I was there for Shabbos, I was there like Baomer, Shabbos, amazing. You should know that for the next seven years, like Baomer does not come out on Monday Shabbos. The next time it comes out on Monday Shabbos is in seven years. And it says that if you want to be successful when you're there like Baomer, with all your tefillahs, you have to be makabal. We'll talk about that tonight. You have to be makabal something on yourself. But there's a much deeper thing that's going on. Lemaisa and a chassan and kala. So the chassan buys the kala. Depends where you come from, whatever it is, but he definitely buys her a, a, a bracelet. Um, he buys her a ring. And in the yichud room, he gets her pearls. I don't know if it's only by chassidim or whoever it is by, but he buys the he buys the kala. Now the kala. Also buys the, buys the chassan. She buys him a, buys him a watch and a talus and a talus bag, right? Certain things that she buys for him. I don't know if she buys him a gartel and whatever else she has to buy him, but she definitely has. To, she also brings something. So the question is, we know what he gave us. We know what he gave us at the chassanah. He gave us the most precious thing he has: the most beautiful necklace, the most beautiful ring, the most beautiful jewelry. He gave us the Torah. Right? He, he, he gave us the most precious thing he has. He gave us Shabbos. He gave us the Torah. He gave, he gave the Kala a huge present. The question is, what is the Kala bringing to the Yichud room? Shuas night. What are we bringing? What are we bringing to the Chassan? Are we coming empty-handed to the Yichud room? Marcus Bach was giving us the most precious jewels that he has. Are we coming empty-handed? So it's very important that every person, every man, it's a shame you should be able to stay up to us. It's a very, very big thing. You know, I read it from the Kaviyasha every single year. He's very, very clear. He brings it down from the Zayar that a person who stays up the night of Shuas and does not sleep at all not even for a second. And that doesn't mean that he stays up and talks to his friends. But he eats his meal, and right after his meal he goes to shul, and he stays up a whole night. He says very specifically that you should be, it's very important to learn, but more important than learning, he says clearly, is to say, from one end to the other. It has all kinds of Kabbalistic things. Of course, it's Tyrion, Nevi, and Suvim, and, 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 and Mishnah, and, and all the different things that are in it but that a person who should say the whole thing. And he says very clearly that if you stay up the whole night of Shuas, he says the first night, and he also brings down about, about doing it the second night, right? Because the Beis Yosef, when he, um, when he was sitting with his Talmidim and the Malach came to tell him the secrets, right? So he says, he brings down, it didn't only happen the first night, but actually the second night, the Malach was Megala much more to... To the, to the, to the five tzaddikim. So it's, it's a question of two nights. But anyway, the Zayar, the, the, uh, Arizal says that the most important thing is to say Tikkun Leil Shavuos and that a person who says the whole Tikkun Leil Shavuos and does not sleep for one moment, 
the, on Shavuos night is guaranteed to live out the year. Not only to live out the year, but not to have anything bad happen to him during that year. The machlokes is, does it mean he'll live out the year till Rosh Hashanah, whatever is left of the year, or does it mean he'll live out a whole year till the next Shavuos? And the Zohar and the Arizal says, he will live out the whole year to the next Shavuos. So, you can't, there's nothing in the world that can, that can give you, you want to live? Right? Who, who, how could you even understand that? Right? He's very clear. He says 100% you should stay up the night of Shavuos, and if you don't sleep, why? Why? What's he saying? So big deal, he stayed up the night. And the answer is, that if you're coming to the Yichud room, Shavuos night, with a Tikkun Lel Shavuos, where is, is Chamisha Chum Torah and Tanakh, and Mishnah, and, 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 and Zayar, and, and all the things that are said there, and you're staying up a whole night, so you're bringing something to the Yichud room. You're bringing something to the Yichud room. Even though Hashem gave you the Torah, you're sort of giving it back to Him. But on top of that, there's something that we should take, something that a person should take on before he comes to Shavuos, that he should take on, to, that he's going to, he's giving that to a Kodesh Baruch. And I spoke for the last two weeks about this, and I think that one of the most important things that a man, women, I said, I was in Eretz Yisrael, and I, I went to, I went to, um, to Rav Chaim, and I, first I went to his daughter, and his daughter said that her mother was very, very strict about this, and that if a family wants to see Yeshua's with Shiduchim, and health, and, 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 and Shalom Bayis, and all, and Panasa, the woman should light candles, 10 minutes before this month. She said, it's a game changer. You will see Nisim Beneflois in your house. If your wife, every single Shabbos, 10 minutes, this month, let's say 7 o'clock, 10 to 7 she's lighting. So what about a man? So one of the things that, that some people, I'm not sure nobody here, but one of the things that because there's so many minyanim today, and it's not like just one minion, we have minion factories, which is a terrible word, but whatever, because once minion is a, minion is a factory, it doesn't have the kedusha. I don't like to use the word minion factory, but Lemaisa, people come late to davening. People come late to davening. They show up at Baal Shemar, they're finished before, the, before it's over, the shortcuts we skip, we, everyone knows all the shortcuts. So a person comes to daven, should be there five minutes before davening. My grandfather, Oliver Shalom, was always from the first ten in Shul. And he always said that his atzlacha came from that, because the Gemara says that the first ten in Shul, HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to Shul to welcome them, and if somebody, if one of those ten is missing, Hashem asked him, Allahim, where, are, where is he? He's here every day. And if he's not, if he's not feeling well, if to give him a full shalema, he's my, he's my first ten. If he had to go somewhere because of business, he had no choice, give him panasa. So, it's very important to be the first ten. If I was to tell all of you that there's a bank tomorrow morning at four o'clock in the morning, first ten guys to show up get ten grand each. Would you show up five minutes late? I, I was talking last night and I gave a shear. I said, I don't want to learn Kittrick on Israel, but everyone here knows about Black Friday. Black Friday by Thanksgiving, right, is a Friday that all the stores in America give off you can buy cameras for half price. You can buy iPhones for half price. The lines around the block the night before, right? The, the store's opening at 5 in the morning. The, the night before, they have tents. They have chairs. They have people standing online and waiting. 
for Black Friday. For what? To save 50% on a new camera? Lines and lines and lines. Person comes to shul. Person comes to shul. You're coming to the biggest surgeon, the biggest doctor in the world. And you're coming to him for your health, for every part of your body. You're coming to him for your panasa. You're coming to him that your children should be healthy. You're coming to him for shiduchim. All the things that you daven for. And you don't want to be the first ten online? You don't want to be the first ten that's in that minion to get the bracha from HaKadosh Baruch Hu? You want to show up number 30, number 40, number 50? You want to show up ten minutes after the after brachas? It's a very different davening. You show commitment, which we'll talk about tonight. You show to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I want to be there. It's Black Friday. You are giving things away in shul. You're giving me parnasa. You're giving me life. You're giving me health. You give me shaduchim, you give me shalom bias, you give me refuas and yeshuas. It's, 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 it's a huge Walmart on a Black Friday. It's a huge store. And you, come, you, show, you show up late, that means that you don't really want any of the things that are in the store. So I don't want anything in the store. I'm not going to get online. On Black Friday, I'm not getting online in, in a store that's, sell, that's selling sewing needles for women. What am I getting online for? I don't need sewing needles. So I'm not going to show up. But when you come to Tefillah in the morning, not to come five minutes before davening, to be catching up the whole time, shows I'm here and I have to be here. But I don't really believe that all the stuff that I need you're going to give me. Because if I would, if I would really believe that, I'd make a hachana. Listen, you all learned this in yeshiva. I don't have to tell you this. You're supposed to, you're supposed to do a hachana latfila an hour before. Okay, we're not, we can't, we're not up to that. You're supposed to be in shul at hour, 8 o'clock minion, you're supposed to be in shul at 7. 7 o'clock minion, you're supposed to be in shul at 6. You're supposed to be in shul at an hour before. Make sure you go to the bathroom and you clean and you dive and you put on your filling and you say, whatever, you're supposed to be there an hour before. Okay, we're not like that anymore. We're, we're Meshuggah, we got our phones and our business. We don't have the time to sit there for an hour before. Five minutes? Five minutes? Before, you should never miss brachas by the Batfilah. You should never miss Ashrei by the Batfilah. You should never miss Sheramalais by the Batfilah. And if you miss it, you should show Hashem, I have to wait till the next minion. If there's a minion every 15 minutes or whatever it is. You gotta bring something. Shruis night, you gotta bring something to the chasen. It doesn't have to be five minutes before davening. It could be starting a, a Seder and learning. It could be you get you being on time for Shabbos, not using the 18 minutes. Not ever using the 18 minutes. I'm not using the 18 minutes. 18 minutes is for an emergency. I am going to be there with my wife. Could you imagine if you stood there? Who stands next to their wife when she lights candles? Who stands next to their wife when she lights candles? Who is ready to stand next to their wife? Could you imagine a wife is lighting Shabbos candles and she's davening to Hashem and her husband is standing next to her davening with her together. Do you understand what that shows the children? Do you understand what it means? I'm as, I'm as guilty as everyone else. Do you understand what it means? Why isn't the whole family by Hadlokas Neiros? Hadlokas Neiros is, is considered like the Kohen Gadol is lighting the candles and the Menorah. 
It's such a Kaddishdika time for the wife. It's such a Kaddishdika time for the family. Kids are running all over the place. Husband's in the shower, shaving, cutting his nails, whatever he's doing. She's, you know, getting there 14 minutes with four minutes left, which he's not allowed to even use. See, he's saying to like, like, we're going to back our way into this, but this is nothing special. When there's something special, you prepare. When you, when you, when you make a wedding for your child, right, or yourself, you're getting married, you don't show up at the wedding hall. The wedding's called for 6.30. Family doesn't show up at 6.30. Family's there at 12 o'clock. Pictures, makeup, getting dressed. I mean, you prepare for a wedding. How are we preparing for the wedding of Shavuos night? Which is much bigger than going to a wedding and, 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 and taking pictures. We have to prepare. I took something on. I'm not telling you you have to take it on. I took it on, tomorrow's my test. So it says that when you're, when you're, when you're, in, when you're in Maron, I was in Maron for Shabbos, and you, you want your tools to be in the Skava, and you want Rav Shimon to go to Hashem, and, and, and you, have to, you have to give up something. You have to give something to Rav Shimon. You have to be Makabal something. My Rebbe Rabbi Gamaliel told me, you have to be Makabal something. I think, what, what should I be Makabal? First of all, I never finished Shas. So I figured, in seven years, it's going to be the next Shabbos. So I said, Hashem, I hope to finish Shas, and make a, make a start, I started today. Baruch is the first half. And make a seam, seven years. Make a seam by Rav Shimon. And I said, whoever else does the same thing, I invite you to come to the seam. I'm not paying for your flight, but I'm inviting you, I'm inviting you to come to the seam. But that wasn't, what was the Kabbalah? I'll tell you the Kabbalah. So Friday, every Friday, Baruch Hashem, I go shopping. It's my, used to be my time, my downtime. Because to buy the stuff for Shabbos is a very big thing. Now, pretty much every time I, I go shopping, every four feet, there's someone else needs it. I just got to ask you one thing, right? So it's not really, I have to find a new store where they don't know me, right? But, but Lemaisa, and then I go to high, I have a high school for girls. So they're a little bit disconnected from their parents and Hashem. So we figured out nine years ago that the way to reconnect them, especially because most of them don't keep Shabbos or didn't keep Shabbos, is to buy them flowers for Shabbos. And each girl gets a rose, and she should take it home to her mother. So the rose is connected to Shabbos and giving it to their mother. So it works out, Baruch Hashem. We're doing this already nine years. And every, every Friday, it's a different color rose. I have to tell you, Mika Amphilistro, I have to tell you, it's unbelievable. Why? I was in a store. I, I go to the same store all the time. And I, and I was buying these flowers. So, so the guy has to wrap each flower in a cellophane, 24 flowers. And when you go to a flower store for shop, no, nobody, so this woman saw this. She said, why are you, do you sell flowers? Like, why are you doing that? Are you going to sell these flowers? I'm like, no, I give every single girl um, a rose for Shabbos, which got me into trouble. Because the first time I did it, which was the first week of our school, I gave the girls a rose. And one of them posted that Wallstein gave me a rose. That wasn't good. So now I give it to the secretary and I make sure she gives it to them. But anyway, a month later, Korean guy, Korean store. Monthly, I come into the store, get my two dozen roses, I think it's $15 a dozen, so it's 30 bucks, I take out the 30 bucks, he goes, no, 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 lady pay for you. I said, lady pay for me? What are you talking about? He says, lady pay for you, no pay. Then, a few months later, I guess he got around a little bit, again, somebody pay for you, this pay, please, um, um, she said, give you this paper. Eli Nishmas, my father, it's his yard site. I'm like, we're starting a whole new program over here. And two weeks ago, someone from, Mont- from Montreal, I have the message, I can show it to you after this year. He said, here's my credit card number. This week I'm paying for the flowers. So, anyway. So, 
Friday, I go to school, and I, you know this myth that women don't eat chulet. I, I bring them pomegranates, very nice people. They give me a big thing, a big, uh, like one of those things, a full of chulet, and I give it to the girls, and they polish it off. So girls eat chulet, by the way. You just know that. And then, I, okay, so I'm, I'm at 12 o'clock, right? 12 o'clock, I go to my office. And I have this thing, I, I just, at the end of the week, I want to add up my balances, who I owe, what I owe, the balance in my checkbook. I do all my checkbooks on Friday. My checkbook's on Friday, and my messages and everything. I like to go into Shabbos, then my business is done, it's closed, whatever it is. But then, you know, it's already 3.30, and then you got to go to the mikvah, and then I try to dab mikvah before, and before you know it, then you want to rest a little, but you can't, and you end up in the 18 minutes, some, whatever. So I said, you know what? I'm not going into my office anymore, Erev Shabbos. I sat down, I took out a Mishnah Rura, Hilchas Erev Shabbos, and he's clear. The Machab is clear, and the Mishnah Rura is clear. That any work you do, after Mincha G'dayla, which is the first Mincha, you will see no bracha from it. I, I, I never really looked at it. That's what he says. The Machaba, the Mishabrura, any business you do after, not Chatzos, I thought it was Chatzos, after Chatzos, you're not allowed to travel. But any business you do after Mincha G'dayla, you will see no Nachas from it whatsoever. So tomorrow I'm going to, this is my, my idea, tomorrow I'm not going to work. That's it. I'm going to, do, I'm going to give out the girls their flowers, I'm going to go to the mikvah, David Mechel Gedayla. I know I'm going to do the rest of the day. I never had a Friday off to see what develops, but maybe say Shir Hashirim. Maybe say Shir Hashirim. Maybe learn Rashi on the whole parasha. And, and I think, I can't report till it happened, I think they're going into Shabbos. And you know what? I have a friend. He sleeps two hours. You can't reach him. Erev Shabbos, even when it's very short, he sleeps for two hours because he wants to be fully awake for his family Friday night with his kids and his grandchildren. He goes to sleep, hachana, so I shouldn't be sitting there when everyone's talking with my head on the, on the, on the, on the table, snoring. So maybe it's an idea for whoever can, whoever's going to listen to this tape. Maybe, mincha g'dayla, and that's it. And that's it. Now what happens if you work for someone else? So, work two hours extra during the week. Monday night an extra hour, Wednesday night an extra hour. And leave it, because all Jewish people usually go home at 3 o'clock anyway, Erev Shabbos. I think that would be a very beautiful thing to bring Shavuos night to the Yichud room, specifically because Shabbos is Yichud. Rav Shimshim Pikas says in Neyu Digavart, Chassidim don't really say, say Shem L'Shalom. I think certain Chassidim don't say, say Shem L'Shalom. But Lemaisa, I do say, say Shem L'Shalom, right? So, so it's very hard to understand. You say, Shalom Aleichem, Alech Ashores, right? Welcome into my house. Nice, that's very nice, right? Bayachem L'Shalom, come in peace. Bechuri L'Shalom, give me a bracha. And then all of a sudden you go, say Shem L'Shalom, get out of here. What's the Tzitzchel Moshallah? Why are you throwing them out? Why are you throwing them out? You just invited them in. You told them to give you a bracha. They give you a bracha and you throw them out. So one of the two roots, so some chassidim don't say Tzitzchel Moshallah. And one of the two roots is that those are the, the ones that come, come, to, come into your house from shul. Those are the malachim from chol. And you're throwing them out to bring the malachim of Shabbos. Okay, it's hard to understand because it really brings down that it's really the malachim of Shabbos that walk you home from shul. Whatever. Rav Shimshin Pinkus says something unbelievable. It says that in Yom Kippur, 
in the Kaidish Kedashim, the Kohen Gadol should come by himself. Levado. So they ask Akash, what do you mean Levado? Of course he comes by himself. No other, only a Kohen Gadol can go into the Kaidish Kedashim. So why does it say Levado? He's of course by himself. No regular Kohen can go in. So it's brought down, I saw this Zayar, by the way. The Zayar says that on Yom Kippur, when the Kayan Gadol, who represents Klai Yisrael, comes into the Kodesh Kedashim, it's Zivug. It's when the king and queen are together. And when the king and queen are together, Zivug, any person, any Eved that would walk into the room while they're Zivug would be Chayim Misa. And therefore, Levado means not that the Kohen Gadol comes himself, but that all the Malachim that are normally in the Kodesh Kedoshim with the Shekhinah are thrown out. Because when the Kohen Gadol comes in and he's representing Klai Yisrael, who's the Kala and Hashem is the Chassan, there's no room even for angels to be in that room. Says Rav Shimshim Pincus, that the Zayar says that on Friday night, on Friday night, before Kiddush, when you just Makabal Shabbos, we tell the Malachim that come into the house. Shalom Aleichem. Boyachem Shalom. Give me a bracha, but then you got to get out. You cannot be here during Shabbos. Because Shabbos is Zivug. And during Zivug of Klai Yisrael and Akash the Chassan and Kala, no one else is allowed to be in the room. And whoever else is in the room is Chayev Misa. And that's why a guy. A guy who is a lot, who is becoming a gear, or even he's not becoming a gear, and he wants to put on tefillin, and he wants to keep Pesach, and he wants to sit in a sukkah. He's allowed to. But the one thing he's not allowed to do is to keep Shabbos. And if he keeps Shabbos, he's chayev misa. And everybody asks, why would you kill a guy who keeps Shabbos? What's bad? What do you do bad? For 26 hours, he kept Shabbos. Chayev misa? But Pesach, he can eat matzah, he's not chayamisa, and he can eat in a sukkah, and he's not chayamisa. Why is he chayamisa? He kept Shabbos, a big deal. And people are becoming gerim, right, who are practicing. They turn on a light on Shabbos to make sure that Machal Shabbos. Otherwise, they're chayamisa. And the reason they're chayamisa is because Shabbos is zivug. And it's a zivug between Klaisol and Hashem. And a guy is an outsider. And an outsider that walks in the Melech Malka when they're in zivug is chayamisa. So Shabbos is so holy that even Malachim are not allowed to be with us on Shabbos. So what better thing to bring, what better thing to bring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Yichud room, what better present that we could bring is that I from now on am prepared for Shabbos. I don't work after Mincha Gedayla. I think it would be a game changer in your life a game changer in your house, Erev Shabbos. And I think that it's just something amazing. Again, I didn't experience it yet. I'm starting tomorrow. But I could just imagine. People said to me today, I'll see you in your office tomorrow. And I told them, no, no, I'm not in the office tomorrow. What do you mean you're not in the office? I, I, I'm not there. I, I'm not there. Front. And I, there is a lot of stuff that's going to be on my desk. Lamaisa, my balances, my printouts and everything. Sunday. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with going Sunday to work. Sunday. Or an extra hour if you can every night. But you're showing Kodesh Baruch Hu your appreciation for Shabbos. That is called commitment. And I'll end with this. We make a lot of commitments. 
but we're not committed to a lot of things. What does that mean? On Yom Kippur, we make a lot of commitments. My New Year's, they sit there and they have a New Year's resolution. They commit this year, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm, this, I'm going to change. I'm going to spend time with my kids. How many times in my lives did we make commitments that we didn't keep? There's a difference between making a commitment and being committed. And the two ingredients of Malchus, everybody, the two ingredients of Malchus is Akar Satov, is the generation we're going through this, I was just talking about to somebody today who works for me in Kirov, and you give your life for these kids, and, you, and not only Kirov, but your own kids, you give them everything, and you don't even want to thank, don't thank me, just don't be an ingrate, don't throw it back in my face. I had a kid in my, a girl in my office with her parents, she's 18 years old, she was so fresh to her mother in front of me. It was not normal. I, I, you know, from my generation, we grow up, you never, never, you never answered your parent. It wasn't even a, wasn't even a, in your thought process to answer your parent back. You're not, you weren't even allowed to agree with them because if you agree with them, it shows that you, 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 had, you had to agree with them. This girl is cursing her mother in front of me. So her father, nicely, because God forbid you should uh, discipline your children, God forbid you're not allowed to do that in this generation, you're, you're a terrible person. So he, he said it nicely, he said to her, listen, Chani, you know, you, your mother and myself, we just bought you a brand new Volvo, for your, this is a true story, for your 18th birthday. Even if you don't, you don't agree with your mother, whatever it is, but, but appreciation we bought a nice one, a two-door Volvo or whatever, beautiful, brand new car. I'm sitting there, I'm like, Volvo, my parents didn't even buy me roller skates for my 18th birthday. This kid got a Volvo, right? So she, he says it nicely to her. He says, at least I appreciate your mother. We just, just, you just birthday, we bought you a brand new Volvo. I'm sitting there, right? I, what's she going to say? And she turns to her father like this. I should thank you for that. I'm 18 years old. I know how to drive. It's your job to buy me a car. I was sitting there, you hear? It's your job. So I turned to her and I said, oh, they work for you now? It's their job? But, but she said it like, like nothing. It's a generation that we owe them everything. There's no appreciation. So today, somebody who was working with me in Kirov and, and mice are getting smacked around. These kids, that, that she's doing everything for them. And they, and they curse her out. They, 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 they treat her like, she said, I, I'm burning out. I was like, you're not burning out. You like what you do. You're not burning out. Just you have to learn that the more you do for people, the less they appreciate you. So I said, you know, as, 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 as great as you are in Kirov, there was a bigger person. His name was Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was the biggest. Show me once in the Torah... That Klai Yisrael said thank you to him for anything. Took his out of Mitzrayim, split the Yam, everything that he did. One time in the whole Torah, that Klai Yisrael said, Moshe Rabbeinu, you saved our life, thank you. You took us out of Mitzrayim to kill us. You took us out of Mitzrayim that we should die out of, die of thirst. You took us out of Mitzrayim, we used to have watermelon and fish. And now we don't have watermelon and fish. And, 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 and in Kairach, he said, Moshe Rabbeinu, keep your, keep your wives in the tent because he's a woman abuser. 
And then Pasha Kakude, Kaisoi said, Yeah, you built the Mishkan, you took money, we want an inventory. You stole. I said, So calm down, you're not Moshe Rabbeinu. And they gave him a harder time. That's the nature of a person. The more you give him, the less, appreciate, less appreciative they are. Well, let me tell you something. The whole basis of Rus, the whole basis of Malchus, the whole basis of Mashiach that comes from Dabra Melech is based on a Rashi in Pasha's Vayera that talks about Hakar Satov. Where? When Hashem is destroying Sodom and they're running, right? It says the following. Well, Hashem was destroying the cities of the plains. And Hashem remembered Avraham. And Hashem sent Lot, he saved Lot from, from the turning over of all the cities. Frank Rashi. Hashem didn't remember Avraham. Hashem remembered Lot. It says by Mitzrayim that he heard the cries of Yisrael. By Yisra, and, he, and he remembered the bris, right? So, so he, he remembered Lot. He, he was saving Lot over here. So what does this mean that he remembered Avram? Avram already walked away when he said there's no ten, ten uh, tzaddikim. Zot Rashi. Neiridika Rashi. By Yisra, Lekim as Avram, Maschi Rosh Avram. What is this remembrance of Avram? Alot Nisra. He remembers the story with Avram and Lot. Lot, of course, knew that Sarah was the wife of Avram. He was standing there when Avram told the Mitzram a lie, whatever it was, that, that Sarah was not a lie, but that Sarah was a sister. And he didn't tell the Mitzram the truth, because he had pity on him. What Rashi is saying is the Pasuk is saying, Hashem remembered what Lot did for Avram. Because Lot had a chance, had he told the Mitzrim that Avraham was really the, the husband of Sarah, they would have killed Avraham. Had they killed Avraham, Lot would have gotten all his riches. He had a chance to, get, to become the richest man in the world. All he had to say is, no, my uncle's lying. It's not his sister, it's his, it's his wife. They would have killed him on the spot. So Kosh remembered and had a karsatov to Lot for saving Avraham's life. Why didn't Lot tell them? Why didn't he tell me? He had a chance to become the richest man in the world. Because Lot had a car that told for Avram that Avram took him out of Haran with him and made him as rich as he was. So the whole basis of Lot being saved was that Karas had told that Lot didn't rat on Avram Avino. Now that Lot was saved, he was with his oldest daughter and he had a child named Moab. Who came from Moab? Rus. Who came from Rus? David Amelech. Who comes from David Melech, Mashiach. So the basis of Mashiach and David and Rus and Lot and Moab came from a curse So that's the meat of Malchus. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is very into HaKaras HaTov. Mida Kenegin Mida and HaKaras HaTov. Okay, so that's the mother, the Ema Malchus. But what about the father of Malchus? What about Boaz? Where do you see, and this is a lesson for us, for the men more than the women, where do you see by Boaz this Midah of Akar Satov? 
when Boaz came to the field to see his workers, the first thing he said to them was not, did you guys show up on time today? Did you do your work? Let me see the inventory. The first thing he said is he gave them a bracha. And he said, you should be benched. And they turned around and they said to him, and a Baruch should bench you. It's not normal. It's not how we, you know, when I come to work, I'm like, the first thing I'm, I'm asked is, so is all the paperwork done? Is my checkbook balanced? Is everything on my desk? Is it where it's supposed to be? When did everyone show up today? Are they on time? No. The God of Hadar, when he shows up, God should be with you. I have a curse that told that I have workers and they're working for me. And give him a bracha. Hashem should be with you. Oh, we have such a boss. They answered him, you should be benched. Imagine you come to work tomorrow, you're the boss. And you walk in and all your workers are sitting there and they're working. And the first thing you do is you say, I want to tell everybody something. They're going to figure they're getting fired. You're cutting them in half. I want to tell you all something before we start working today. Yes, boss, what? God should be with you. So first of all, they say, well, you went to Wallace and Sheila. Like, why did you say that? But right, God should be with you in, in your lives and everything that you do. And they turn around and they say to you, really, God should be with us? God should bless you. You think you won't have a tzlach in that business? Imagine a Rebbe, instead of walking into the classroom, put away your books, take out your homework, put away those potato chips, tuck in your shirt. Where's the reports? He walks into his class, and he says to his class, Bachram, Hashem Yimachim, HaKosh Bochum should be with you today when we learn. Should be with you. And they turn around to the Rebbe, and they're like, Rebbe, you should be bench. You think those kids are going off the derech? You think if that's the way a Rebbe talks to them, and they answer back to a Rebbe, God should bless you, you think they're going to go off the derech? You think they're not going to learn? You think in a home where you come at home at night, and you walk in tonight after the shir, even though you're very late, she's probably upset, and you walk in and you say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be with you, Shayf, for like the work that you did today for me, I just appreciate it. Hashem should be with you. And she turns around to her husband, and she said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should bless you. You think if then in the morning when kids go to school, you say to them, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be with you today. Hashem Yimachim, from when they're little kids, they're hearing, Hashem should be with you. And they turn around, Tati, and we know you have a big business deal today. You should be benched when the whole house is benching each other? Boaz is teaching us? The other Malchus, you want Malchus in your house? You want royalty in your house? The first thing you should say to the people in your house is that God should be with you. And the second thing is commitment. The second thing that a king and queen have to be, as President Trump, you've got to be committed. No matter what you do, you've got to be committed to what you're doing. I'm not supposed to do politics. But anyway, you have to be committed. Because a king and a queen are not committed, their, their, their kingdom is going to fall apart. Where do you see Rus's commitment? We see it in the beginning of Rus. What does she say? She says to Naomi, now here's, here's the perfect example of the difference between commitment and committing. The two daughter-in-laws, Arpa and Rus, get hugged by their mother-in-law and she says, go home. Right? And they hang on to her. And they cry. So they're making a commitment. Rus and Arpa are both making a commitment. We are staying with you, Naomi. We're going back to Israel. Naomi says again, what, I'm going to have children? I'm much too old. Go back to your parents. Go get married. Go have a good life. They were both princesses. And Arpa says, starts crying. And she says, okay. And she steps away. 
So, but the, but two psukim before that, right? She made a commitment to stay with Naomi, but she wasn't committed, so she stepped away. What happened that night? Says Chazal, she slept with a thousand men and a whore, and and and, and, a, and a dog, and she became pregnant with Goliath that night. And that's why when David Amelach came to Goliath with a slingshot, Goliath said, "What do you think? I'm a dog?" Says the Mufarshim, what, "What kind of answer was that?" He says, "You're trying to make fun of me that." The, the, the rumor that my mother was with a dog so you think she got pregnant from the dog and that's me he was, that's why he got very angry at David Melch he thought David Melch was playing with because everyone knew that story so here you had a girl right that made a commitment to stick but was not committed ended up having the biggest Russia who cursed Hashem publicly in front of Klyestra and then you had a girl who made a commitment and committed and when, when, when Naomi tried to shake her, she said, Where you go, I go. Where you sleep, I sleep. Your nation is my nation. Your God, Amech is Ami. Your God is my God. Where you die, I die. That's being committed. Orpah made a commitment, but she didn't keep it. Rus made a commitment, but she was committed. And she never let go. And when Naomi saw the commitment and how committed Rus was, she never again told her not to. A king and a queen and Malchus and all of us, when we make a commitment, if you really want royalty, then you make a commitment, you have to be committed to it. And to end tonight's share, where do you see, and this is, I'm talking mostly to myself, and you can listen in on this. Where do you see that the of of Malchus was committed? It's a beautiful thing to say about somebody, and I am sure there are people in this room that we could say this about, but I'm not one of them. And I'm working on it. When when Rus uncovers Boaz's feet in the middle of the night, which you can't even understand, he didn't he he got so scared he thought she was a Shindalid till he understood that she was an Isha. Okay, but anyway, so she says to him, I want you to be my Goel. And he says, there's someone ahead of me. There's a Goel playing Almoni, he's ahead of me. So we're going to figure out tomorrow what we're going to do. We're going to have to offer him first. We'll see what happens. So she comes home, she comes home to her mother-in-law, Naomi. And she tells Naomi the whole story. If, if this pasuk could say, be said about you, then you're very close to Malchus. Fatomer Naomi says to Rus, Shavi Biti, my daughter, sit down, relax. She was very nervous, Rus. What's going to happen? Is Boaz going to marry me? He's not going to marry me. Sit down, relax. Till we find out how this is going to end up. Now here's the, here's, here's the pasuk, guys. Kilo Yishkot Ha'ish. Kiim Kila Hadavar Hayom. This man, Boaz, was known that he will not rest until it is settled today. He doesn't push off anything past 12 hours. In other words, he was the Gal Hadar. And anyone who brought a problem to him. He was known. All right, we'll talk about it next week. Call me next week. Call me in two weeks. Send me an email. We'll talk about, you know, we'll see what we can do. 
He was known that if someone came to him, he did not rest. He did not sleep until until it was settled that day. How many of us have that commitment? That when someone needs help, or there's a situation, we don't push it off, we don't rest until it's done. If you want to be a melech, if you want to be malchus, if you want to be royalty, then that's how you have to treat people. You have to treat people that you will not rest. You will not rest for 24 hours until the situation is settled. I'm not holding by that. A lot of people have tightness to me, but they called me, I didn't call them back. Right, I'm busy, I got a lot of things going on. Then you, then you don't have malchus, then you're not royalty, then you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Naomi said, this man, this man, when he commits to something, he's committed to it. And he does not rest. So Boaz brought commitment to be committed to something and not to rest till it's done. That was David HaMelech. That was, that's Malchus. And Rus brought it that I don't let go. Dafka boy. Look at the difference in the end. We see both children facing off. The one that stuck, the one that, that made a commitment and committed, which was David HaMelech, which was Rus. And the one that made a commitment and didn't commit. And that was Arpa, and that was Gullius. And they faced off each other to see who would be the true Malchus, the Plishtim or Klai Yisrael. And everyone knows the end of the story, that the one who made a commitment but didn't commit ended up with his head being chopped off, with losing the fight between him and David HaMelech. And the one that made a commitment and was committed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and as we're not going to do it tonight in Shmuel, in, in, if you look at the whole thing of David HaMelech in Melachim, you'll see that he got up and he said to Klaisrael, why are you scared of this giant? Why is everybody scared of this giant? Are we not committed to Hashem? And if you're committed to Hashem with the words that he used, then if you're committed to Hashem, what are you worried about? You have nothing to worry about if you're committed to the King of Kings. Where did David HaMelech get that from? Where did he get that midah of commitment from his mother Rus and from his father Boaz? And in the end of days when David HaMelech was dying, he turned to Shlomo HaMelech and he told him that the people who did for me good, I forgot the name, or the one that did for him good, he said, after I die, make sure that he sits at your table in the, in the, in the castle because he saved me when everybody else was putting me out to try to kill me. He saved me. So he was very careful to put it to Shlomo HaMelech. Don't you forget that Karsatov for what happened to me. Not what happened to you. What happened to me? He has, he has a right to sit at our table in Malchus forever because he protected me. And that's what we need to bring. Shavuos night. You should all, you should all have, the, have the ability to be able to stay up and to be able to learn HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah to, to bring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Yichud room to say, I, I also brought you something, Hashem. I know you gave me the Torah, but I brought you something. I'm going to be the by davening five minutes. I'm going to try my best. That I will be there before he says brachas. I will be there before he says ashray. I will be there before he says shiramalos. And I will be there after till the end. I am going to bring something. Or Shabbos, which is so important. I'm going to be there, Shabbos, I'm not going to work. After Mincha G'dayla, it's I'm yours. I'm preparing for this Yichud. Malachim can't be there. I can be there. I shouldn't prepare for this wedding. 
I'll prepare for this wedding. We should be macabre, whatever it is. Maybe those two things are hard for you. And maybe you can't do it. So find out, figure out something. And Amit Hashem, this should be the chasana, the, 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 the shuas that should bring us taka, the malchus, which is, which is David HaMelech and Mashiach. We never needed it more than we need him right now, for sure. And Amit Hashem, this shuas night, we should, the Shemaim should open up and uh, Mashiach should come. And you should, all be, you should all be zeichet to a very good and a healthy year. Emet Hashem and a lot of siyat de shmaya, and that in your house should be malchus. If you could go home tonight and your wife's not sleeping, and maybe sit down and talk to her, then maybe tomorrow. The Rebbe's in Kainessi said ten minutes. I heard also five minutes. But if she could be makabel Shabbos together with the family and you together, I really, really believe your whole life is going to change. We'll be zeichet Hashem to see Mashiach Mehayu Just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.